Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host for the show. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Now, we are in part seven of a series on everyday strategies, things that teachers can do to help become their personal best, along with strategies that they can do to help students become their personal best. This is the seventh in a 10-part series. Right now, we are uh, we're on strategy 11. We're going to cover 10 strategies with this episode. But listen up. I've included a link in the podcast description. I think I don't know if it's available on every. Uh, platform. I do know that the link is available on Anchor. You can go in there and you can d- download a, some free stuff along with you'll have access to the book 100 Everyday Strategies. Uh, so if you take advantage of that, you'll be able to get some, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be able to get some um, uh, additional resources to help you in your in your efforts to stop bullying and help improve classroom climate and help kids become, you know, and and give them an opportunity, excuse me, for lifelong success. These are teaching podcasts. They are, I, I do these podcasts to provide information to the listener so that they can gather their resources. They, they can get information on where to go you know, to get additional resources. And as I said, I include a, a links in almost every podcast in the description. And as I said, it's available on Anchor. I'm not sure if their links are clickable on every platform, but if you would like the um, the resources, do go to Anchor, look up Anti-Bullying 101, and you'll find uh, links in, in every episode. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You are listening to Anti-Bullying 101, and we're covering some everyday strategies, how to help teachers and students become their personal best. Okay. 
This is strategy 11 in part two of everyday strategies. Provide positive attention. You know, in this world with so much negativity and kids being disrespectful, irresponsible, non-compliant, having all kinds of, of problems, coming to school either disaffected or as uh, conduct problems, it can burn a teacher out. It can put them in a position where all they see is negativity. All they see is the negative behavior that their kids exhibit and or their students exhibit, and they end up missing certain things that are necessary for kids to know. Kids need to know when they're doing well. So we want to provide them some positive attention. Provide all your students with as much positive attention as possible. Don't you I mean you don't have to go overboard? As I said in many, in some of the other episodes, kids hear information. You know, it it becomes so consistent over and over, and sometimes it becomes like white noise. And we don't want kids to feel good about themselves for no apparent reason. But do say something positive about your students every day, and it will encourage other the, these behaviors to continue. Make them aware when you notice their positive behavior, whatever it is. And like I said, you got to be a talent scout sometime to find this stuff. Strategy 12, recognize efforts. We are challenged more than ever by the inclusion movement and the demands of school districts to differentiate instruction. Sometimes this academic diversity can create a labor-intensive planning nightmare. A classroom with students who are academically three or more years apart can create frustration for the teacher, you know, as one group of students understands certain uh, concepts and the others don't get it. Therefore, I believe it's extremely important to recognize the efforts of all the students recognize it even if they don't do well. I've said said it before, good grades are nice, mastery is better. We want kids to master the material, but they're not all going to do it and they're not all going to get good grades. However, if you notice that someone is putting forth their very best effort, recognize it. I've seen situations where kids are A students, they put in no effort, and there's another kid who's a C student, and you know that his efforts were better in getting that C than the A student's efforts were in getting the A. So you're going to recognize effort, not achievement. This will help. It'll create a much more respectful atmosphere, and the kids will begin to wait for you to say things, because they know you are, about how hard they worked. Strategy 13, be a good listener. Let's learn how to be good listeners. There's five types of listening. You have ignoring, where you basically don't even know you're doing it, but you are. You have attentive listening, which is where you're paying attention, you know, pretty fully, you know, with what the kid is saying or what anyone is saying. You have selective listening, which is what you do with the three-year-old, because if you listen to everything a three-year-old said, you'd go out of your mind. Sometimes we do pretend listening. 
It's kind of like one of those things where when you want to get off the phone and the other person doesn't. And then you have empathic listening. Empathic listening is when you listen with your eyes, your ears, your mind, your body, your soul. You're in that com- you're in that conversation with the person and you can visualize what they're saying. This you need to become a good listener. And let me tell you, in this age of bullying, where victims constantly need to be heard, you need to be a good listener when listening to those victims. Because sometimes we could blow it off. We could say, oh, sit down, don't be a tattletale, I've heard this before, I don't even know what you're talking about, I didn't see it. Listen. Just listen. And try and put yourself in their position. Once you become that good listener, kids will come to you with their difficulties. They'll come to you with a problem if they have to. Now, and we don't want to get messed up here with uh, ratting and reporting. If kids are reporting something, they're doing something to get keep somebody or themselves out of trouble. If they're ratting, all they want to do is get someone in trouble. And usually you see the ratting more with the young kids, like K to 3, constantly telling on each other, constantly telling stories, and the drama can become unbearable. So do yourself a favor. Be a good listener. Strategy 14. Assume nothing and teach everything. You know, sometimes we honestly believe that kids have the prerequisite skills, And they come to us, and and we honestly think that when we're getting ready to teach the vision, they understand multiplication. Nothing could be further from the truth. Students may give the appearance of paying attention or actually give you the idea that they uh, they know what they're doing, and in reality, they could be on another planet. What we want to do is we want to get into the habit of doing the redo, retake method, review information with discipline. We want to follow that instruction, warning, and correction process, which I have detailed in the appendix of the book. And when instruction is given to students, be aware that they may have heard you, but they didn't quite understand you. That's why that warning is so important. Instruction, warning so that you can get a better idea if your communication was clear and if the students completely understood you. So assume nothing, teach everything. Strategy 15, you got to keep the kids busy and challenged. Too much downtime, as I said before, trying to keep every minute planned Make sure that you don't let kids get bored. Be sure the students are working at appropriate levels. Frustration and boredom can cause kids to act out. You have to take planning seriously and be ready to provide work to students when they appear that they have nothing to do. You always have to have plenty of work on hand. Number 16, be prepared for the unprepared. You know, kids are going to come in all the time without a pencil, maybe not without paper. They're going to forget supplies. My feeling here 
is if they come in without a pencil, don't even ask any questions. Just give them a pencil. Why? Because you're going to start to engage in a conversation with the kid that's going to turn into an argument, and you're going to tell him that he's going to lose points for being unprepared, all of which just interferes with the instructional process. In September, in the beginning of the school year, Staples gives out a gross of pencils to every teacher. Now, they're not Mongol number two pencils, but they are pretty good pencils. And you take them, and a kid's unprepared, give them a pencil. Now, somebody's going to say, well, wait a minute, Jim, I'm just going to give this away. Yeah, you are. But you're going to ask them to bring you a pencil the next day. So you could have, you could replenish that supply. And most teachers have said to me, well, where are they going to get the pencil where, if they don't have it? I challenged one school district, and I said I could fill a coffee can filled with pencils in one week. And where did I find the pencils? And I said I wasn't even going to buy one. And where did I find them? All over the floor, in the parking lot, hallways, and in different locations of the school. There are pencils all over the place. I've got 10 of them right here in my house that I, I haven't even touched yet. So there's plenty of pencils around, and everyone should have one. And if they don't have one, give it to them. Strategy 17. Make students feel capable. Create ways to make them feel capable. When you accept less from your students, they feel less capable. You have to be sure that you don't accept poor, poor quality work and allow the student to hide behind any disability that they may have. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to work with students with 504s and IEPs. But if we give them the help in feeling capable, they will begin to feel like they have less of a problem. They, are, they come to us with the idea, with, with the I can't mentality. So we should respect the student's performance level and at the same time make this student aware that they are capable of much more. This is how kids who have uh, differing uh, instructional levels who may have difficulty with certain content, when we give them the, the idea that they are capable and they can do it, you see changes in work and you see changes in behavior. Strategy 18. And this is an important one. Make kids feel connected in the classroom. You know, everyone wants to feel connected to something, a family, sports club, you know, a, a team. They want to feel connected to the teacher when they enter your classroom and to other and to other classmates. Students who feel excluded from the class usually become behavior problems and end up connecting with the wrong group. And this is really how cliques are formed. Help students get connected by involving all of the students in activities and prevent students from bullying one another or picking on their weakest classmates. Create projects that they can all participate in, value the differences, 
and appreciate each student's participation, no matter how small it might be. Connected, that's part of school climate. We want to help establish a positive school climate in our classroom. Strategy 19, get kids to contribute. Make sure that they all are contributing members. Sometimes when we deal with group work, what happens is that one kid does all the work. Some kids just sit around and do nothing. The point that I'm making here is get kids connected to, or get kids to contribute to the group, to the classroom. Cooperative learning is very popular and sitting in groups can prevent individual contributions. Here's my point. Kids need to learn as individuals first, then in pairs, then in a cooperative group, and then as part of the classroom. But they have to come up with their own individual ideas first before they start pairing off and then getting into groups. This helps them begin to think, become creative, and put some effort into the work that's prevented. Make them aware, make the students aware that they not only have a responsibility to contribute to the class, but they should be contributing to their families and society as well. And strategy 20 for this episode, realize when students are having problems academically and stick with the basics. Here's my point. All kids should leave school and I mean 12th grade, with basic reading, writing, and math skills. Okay, that's what they should do. We need to stick with the basics at certain times. These students who have difficulty need to master some basic information. And you have to teach this information before the student is ready to deal with the curriculum in their present grade level. This is, those are prerequisite skills that they have to have. And kids are going to have difficulty all the time. And I know, myself, kids in the fifth grade, teacher says, wait a minute, you should have learned that in the fourth grade. Well, he should have, but he didn't. So it's your job to try and get him a little bit caught up. If kids are having such difficulty, let's do them a favor by at least preparing them for the world ahead by making sure they can read. The daily news is written on the fifth grade level. Do basic math, understand how to make change, count money, how to do a budget, and to be able to have legible handwriting where they can sign their name. In this world of computers and and, and uh uh, digital signatures, it becomes, you know, they don't even have to use a pencil or a pen to sign their name. They can do most of it on the computer. We want to make sure that these kids in our classroom understand basic reading, writing, and math skills. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. 
You'll find a bunch of resources there. As I said earlier, check out the podcast, uh, the episode description, and you'll find links there to, uh, to other resources. Take one of my courses. They're online there. You'll get professional development credit. Do what you can to help deal with the problem of the bullying epidemic in your school or in your classroom. That's why we're called the Bullyproof Classroom, and that's why this podcast is called Anti-Bullying 101. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you next time.